Welcome to The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. I am your host, Cicely Davis. Coming up on episode 21, dozens of GOP lawmakers demand Pete Buttigieg to stop the housing of migrants at airports, as if the experience at the airport isn't strained enough. I'll recite some of the language of the letter written and signed by said lawmakers. And the Biden administration continues the tenuous dance as Joe Biden's popularity and approval continues to plummet. I'll talk about how this administration struggles to thread the needle as they try to support Israel's absolute right to protect itself and its citizens versus the appeasement of those in his own party who continue to stoke the fire in the Middle East. It's great to be back, folks. It's The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis. Oh, it is so good to be back. Welcome back, everyone. For those of you who are new new listeners, welcome. For those of you who are returning, thank you for coming back. Welcome back. I am the hostess with the mostest, Cicely Davis. You are listening to The Savage Truth. And you are either listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And I thank you for that. My ask, as always, is that you like, share, support, subscribe, and leave a positive review on either, either one of those, YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, as we continue the growth of the podcast, of course, but also to strengthen us all who wish to engage in conversation and unity and likeness of mind to get our original and true American way of life back by shutting down weak inept, obtuse, no-count leadership in our local institutions and organizations and in political realms, as well as at the federal level. And speaking of lack, slack, weak, inept, obtuse, no-count, poor leadership, I have to and I must bring up the name of our transportation suck-retary, Pete Buttigieg, who has recently been called upon to stop the housing of migrants at airports around the country. This, of course, another imbecilic failure of the Biden administration involving one of his star players, Buttigieg, as they, because of their dangerous and poor policies, scramble to find ways to house illegal immigrants. Now, it's clear It's obvious that the Biden administration knows that it is not racist any longer or they no longer claim or stick to the claim that it's racist to require IDs to vote. So they erase our southern borders, allow thousands of immigrants a day to illegally cross into the country and fast track them to obtain driver's license like here in the state of Minnesota in order to do two things. Illegals can vote Democrat so that they can, one, remain in power and continue their dark agenda, and two, destroy America and the American way of life. That is their agenda. That is why they do it. That is why they're doing it. That is why they adopt the policies and engage in the policies that they do. Make no mistakes about that, folks. Democrats do not care about the people. They only care about remaining in power. Lives, ways of life are just simple casualties in their agenda. 
It's not due to asylum. It's not because they care for those who illegally cross. And they certainly don't care for those whose homes and properties have been vandalized and destroyed. Children and women who have and are trafficked and the astronomical uptick and fentanyl addiction and so on that we are encountering with the crisis at the border. Transportation and Infrastructure Committee Chairman Sam Graves, House Republican Chairwoman Elise Stefanik, and Aviation Subcommittee Chairman Garrett Graves and Representative Anthony Desposito, along with 66 other House Republican lawmakers, have written to Buttigieg opposing plans to house migrants at the airports. So let me bring you back to this, give you a little history as I like to do and inform. The Department of Homeland Security, DHS, wrote to New York in August, okay, this is going back to August, recommending all federal sites in New York and nearby where migrants could be housed in order to relieve pressure, relieve housing pressure amid a massive migrant surge into the Empire State, including airports. And again, this happened this past August, this summer. Those locations included New Jersey's Atlantic City Airport. It also reportedly included Messina International Airport, which is a U.S. port of entry for the U.S.-Canada border. It has already provided a hangar at JFK Airport. Meanwhile, hundreds of migrants have already been housed at Chicago O'Hare's International Airport, and the lawmakers say communities are concerned that similar moves will happen with their airports as well. Chicago residents say they are sick and tired of illegal immigrants and feel politicians are not listening. And they're not. They won't. And they don't. Let me read a caption from the letter posed to Buttigieg per this committee. We adamantly oppose these ill-conceived plans that blatantly ignore the true crisis at hand and would inappropriately utilize America's infrastructure, the lawmakers say. Quote, our nation's transportation not to serve as housing for unvetted and undocumented migrants. We request that you enforce public airport grant assurances and reject such plans, end of quote. So the lawmakers say they are concerned about the lack of regard for security risks posed by housing migrants at airports and say that airports are generally required to request permission from the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, FAA, before they're used for non-aeronautical purposes. So let me slow down here a little bit, because when I think about this compounded crisis, right, so we already have the crisis at the border itself. So we're allowing all these illegals in. We've run out of places to hide them because rightfully so, those border states that are experiencing the most stress and the most strain um, from those coming in from the South illegally are sending them to these quote unquote blue cities, blue states, sanctuary states, as I understand. But when you think about the experience that you have at the airport, and I talked about the beginning as if that experience at the airport isn't strained enough. I mean, let's let's discuss this, folks. Now, coming off of 
restoration weekend, I actually met a lot of people who actually listen to this podcast and perhaps are listening right now. They don't share in this experience. I mean, I literally met people who can afford their own planes. They can charter their own planes. They fly their own planes. They don't have to deal with the airport experience. But those of us who do, okay, and you think about the strained experience at the airport. I mean, you know, all kinds of experiences. Um, You got that early morning flight, right? And perhaps you're someone that's unlike me, right? You pack early, okay? I always pack a day Now, I was actually good this time, and I packed two days prior, but that's not typical for me. I'm usually the day before. But you always remember that something that you wish you had packed or forgotten to pack, and you're thinking, okay, I'll just buy it at the airport, or I'll get it at a drugstore when I land, right? And you get to the airport. If it's early in the morning, um, you have that morning rush, so it's crowded. And now things are different, right? So they're charging you an arm and a leg if you are an one- pound over the weight limit, right? And it costs you a thousand dollars. No, I'm exaggerating, but truly it's a hundred dollars because my one suitcase was over and it cost me an additional hundred dollars. And she said it so casually. She's like, oh, it's over a hundred bucks or it's over your, your luggage is over. So you have to pay a hundred dollars. Um, is that going to be on a card? And what am I going to say? No, right. You, you don't have time to go buy another piece of luggage and repack and go back to the stand. So they get you there. And then, of course, the um, ever confusing traffic um, as you get through security and you have that angry person at the security gate who's crabby, doesn't want to be there. He's yelling at all of us to keep the traffic going. Or you try to get that person that's a little too jovial while it's 5 a.m. in the morning for that early flight and you're not in the mood to hear jokes and him or her being a little too funny, trying to make jokes and make light of the situation. Either way, it's just never good, right? It's never good at the airport. Um, The convenience stores have changed. They never have what you're looking for, or they uh, perhaps um, do have what you're looking for, but you're just not willing to pay what it is and that whole thing. Or perhaps your gate isn't closed. You have the furthest gate. So you have to wait for the train and it's crowded. You know, the whole entire experience of the airport itself is just strained. And then you think about compounding all of that, all of that experience with migrants overfilling, overflowing the airport. And it just makes for a really, really tough, strained experience. So Um, I appreciate the lawmakers actually supporting um, this change and, you know, pushing him to make these changes. But I mean, this is the Biden administration, and it's no surprise to me that Pete Buttigieg would take the wrong stance on this um, and not move. Right. Not be motivated to make change because he's just overwhelmed and he's overwhelmed because he's inept and he's inept because he's unqualified and he is unqualified simply because He was chosen by the Biden administration. And one thing we know about the Biden administration is that they are great at choosing losers and putting losers forth, pretending that they know what they're doing, running our country to the ground. So um, I read a caption from that letter um, and we hear about the people of Chicago who feel that they're being ignored, that they're sick and tired of having 
illegals run around their cities as if Chicago in itself isn't experiencing enough with its own citizens um, and the mass violence. Now, it's obvious to those of us with half a gnat's brain that this was not going to go over well, that posing our airports as temporary shelters for illegal immigrants or illegal citizens, for that matter, is ill-conceived at best, okay? So posing an airport as shelter for illegals or legals is just an all-around bad idea. It's a blatant failure in decision-making and leadership. It's inappropriately utilizing America's infrastructure, and our airports and its infrastructure was built to facilitate commerce and transportation, not to serve as housing for unvetted and undocumented migrants, Clearly, our nation's southern border is an uncontrolled and unmitigated disaster. We don't and can't possibly know the true number of illegal immigrants that have crossed our borders, that have crossed into our country. They've come in unchallenged on a daily basis. Over 6 million illegal immigrants that we know of, okay, 6 million illegals that we know of have entered the U.S. and have been apprehended under Biden's failed leadership. What we have undoubtedly witnessed is that many of those illegals are then released into the U.S. amongst us, some of whom we may never see again or be able to account for. The Biden Heritage Administration has displayed an abject failure, an abject failure to protect our border or support policies that will keep America and Americans safe and secure. This administration is literally turning our airports into camps for illegal immigrants. New York City itself has declared itself out of room, while other states and cities have also called for more actions from the federal government to aid them with this ongoing crisis. And as usual, these atrocious acts have cost the American people billions upon billions of dollars. The Biden administration has requested itself $14 billion in emergency supplemental funding which includes $1.4 billion for shelter and services for migrants released from DHS custody. This is in addition to $800 million that has been given to states and non-governmental organizations by the administration in order to aid the many migrants who have been released into the U.S. interior. What is the savage truth here? America can no longer afford the lack of leadership of the Biden-Harris administration. Uncontrolled borders, allowing undocumented strangers into a country with no checks and balances while supplying them with the resources needed for our own sustainment serves as a cocktail for war and disaster. We should be beyond concerned, okay? We should absolutely be beyond concerned that this administration not only cares not for America or the American people, but that its aim is to destroy America from within the government and absolutely at our borders. This is evident and has been evident since this administration began its lead. And I use that term very, very loosely. And it continues currently leaving us poorer morally bankrupt, and vulnerable to our enemies. Yes, within our own government, such as Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, the squad, Sanders, 
and the president himself. And that is more apparent when we look at the war on Israel. Currently, anti-Semitism is not only rampant and overt, it is protected by members of our own government. This absolutely disgusts me. Now, if there were such an attack on Blacks, well, there would be a heavy and quick response from the Biden administration to protect Blacks in this country. You know that that absolutely would not be allowed. But because it's Israel, members of our government have been allowed to spread lies, spew hate, and vocalize publicly their hate and disdain for the Jewish people. And again, it literally turns my stomach. And it actually drives me, if I must admit, it drives me to anger. Anger that's almost eruptively violent, honestly. I mean, Iran has the gall, the gumption, the audacity, and the arrogance to threaten us, the United States of America. Iran threatening us, the United States of America. Have you heard this? Have you heard about this? Iran actually threatened saying, U.S. will be hit hard if no Gaza cease fire. What? What? Is that where we are today? This is where we are. Iran threatens the United States of America. I need you guys to understand that. I need everyone listening to hear me when I say that. Let me say this one more time. Iran had the gumption, the audacity, and the arrogance to threaten us, the United States of America. We're still the global superpower, okay? Saying that U.S. will be hit hard if no Gaza ceasefire. That's where we are. There was a time, like in 2020, under the Trump administration, when Iran may have wanted to threaten, but they knew not to. They certainly thought it, I'm sure, but they knew not to. Now, any threats from the U.S. are considered as idle threats. This administration has not provided any credible deterrence. And now we see Secretary Blinken and CIA Director Burns spending time in the Middle East trying to form coalitions or support for a situation that the Biden administration's policies contributed to in the first place. And as Biden's approval rating continues to plummet, they try to thread the needle between Israel's right to defend itself versus Arab countries across the board, some of whom are allies calling for a ceasefire, and they have really boxed themselves in a box canyon to which they can't seem to figure out, figure a way out of. And let me remind everyone, everyone listening, that Israel is geographically surrounded. I mean, you have Hezbollah in Lebanon, Hamas in the Gaza Strip, an ever-increasing presence of Fatah or Islamic Jihad in Hamas in the West Bank. So it's on all sides. And if you pull out the region, there are threats of Syria and even Yemen's getting involved in this. Okay, So this is, without a doubt or hesitation, an existential threat to Israel. And we absolutely cannot stand for this. Here's the savage truth. The desires of Iran, Hezbollah, and Islamist radicals have never, ever changed. What needs to remain constant is the means and the ability to deter them, absolutely all of them. This is what has changed in the Biden administration. 
See, whether you like it or not, everyone must admit and acknowledge. They must admit and they must acknowledge that there was credible deterrence during the Trump administration for years that left Iran poorer, they were weaker, and they were less able to participate, direct, fund, and approve the kind of actions that are taking place against Israel right now. The biggest failure here is the Biden administration's failure to listen and to adhere to intelligence. Now, see, this is this is really important. The Trump administration told this administration, the Trump administration told the Biden administration the results of the maximum pressure campaign would be and how that pressure would reverse Iran's fortune and their abilities to fund these kinds of activity. There's a high cost for the decline of American military power in the world, and it's being felt all across the globe. We see it with Ukraine, but truly with Iran. Iran is moving towards the Western Hemisphere with cowardice and no effective pushback from Washington, with the latest coming from our closest neighbor, Mexico. This is clear. This is a clear and present warning to us as well. The enemies are circling while this administration sits on its inept cowardice hands. Um, so in July of 2020, Lopez Obrador, I think I said that right, Lopez Obrador, Obrador, someone correct me on that one. Mexico's president thanked President Trump and was paying for the wall to prevent migrants from crossing into the U.S. I mean, this was what was happening in July of 2020. Obrador had 28,000 Mexican troops on their southern border, stopping illegal migration into the U.S. Now we see an 180 degree change from that today. Now Obrador is, as the Wall Street Journal stated, giving the Biden administration the middle finger, having a migration summit with dictators who are pro-Iranian. This is the ripple effect of poor, slack, inept obtuse, no-count leadership. Mexico should be concerned for the U.S. They should absolutely be concerned. We are their largest trading partner, but yet we have this bad behavior, and you have to wonder why. You have to wonder why. The only conclusion we can come to is that they aren't worried. They're not worried. They're no longer threatened by us. There is no longer that healthy, respectful, reverent, fear of the United States of America as a superpower. Bad actions, bad behavior has been rewarded, not punished under this administration. Iran has been rewarded. And now we see our own allies like Saudi Arabia and Mexico moving towards Iran, towards China, towards our adversaries. Find a place on the globe right now where relations and U.S. national security posture and interests have gotten better. I challenge you to do that. Find a place on the globe anywhere where the security posture and our interests have gotten better. You can't. China, Russia, and Iran are behaving worse, not better. They are emboldened. They have become more emboldened. They push the limits more frequently and further, and things are not better than they were three years ago. In fact, they are tremendously worse. And our relationships with allies have gotten worse. Mexico, India, Saudi Arabia, it's worse. And it renders us here in the U.S. savagely vulnerable. Vulnerable 
to our enemies. We need to support Israel and its right to defend itself and send all the aid and support and resources we can. It is in their best interest and it's in ours because they are our number one allies and they are our beloved friends and family. We need this administration voted out and all the bad members along with it. We need to remember who we are and what we're capable of as the people, as the people of the United States of America. We are the standard. We are the superpower. We are the nation on the shining hill. America is the global beacon of light and we can get back there by ridding ourselves of this administration, which reflects the very opposite of what and who we are. They, the Biden administration, the Biden-Harris administration, they are weak, they are hesitant, they are complacent, they are inept, they are unintelligent, and they are soft. We can no longer afford them. Please like, subscribe, share, support, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And remember, folks, be strong, be bold, be faithful, be true. I'm Cicely, providing you with the Savage Truth. Until next time, folks, take care. The Savage Truth with Cicely Davis is a production of Front Page Magazine and the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Reproduction of this podcast without express written consent is prohibited.